In this episode, we recap days five and six of the 2024 World Junior Championships, including an instant classic between Sweden and Finland. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Locked On NHL Prospects Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Sebastian High, and today I'm not joined by my usual co-host, Hattie Kalakesh, as he is uh, sick with COVID, a uh, poor, poor man, wishing him to, to get healthy very, very soon, and I look forward to having him back on. So uh, you you all do not have to listen to a monologue of mine uh, for, for the next eternity. But today we are going to focus on uh, the World Junior Championships and the wrap-up of the preliminary stages as the medal games are coming up. The playoffs are beginning. We'll start by breaking down the, the two games on the 30th of December on day five of the World Juniors, followed by the four games on uh, day six. And we'll wrap it up by giving you guys a little bit of a primer on uh, the playoffs and the games that we're going to be having in the first elimination games. So stay tuned for that. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On. Uh, for $20 off your first purchase. So let's get started. It was a rather eventful two days of hockey. There was a ton going on and a lot of goals being scored. These weren't necessarily always the closest of games. The first two that we're going to talk about were uh, relative blowouts with both uh, 6-2 score lines. First off, Switzerland versus Norway. This was a fascinating game that I tuned into specifically because I've been really enjoying watching Norway in this tournament. We saw, despite a 6-2 loss here, I thought that Norway played a very strong game, but it was rather clear that they had just been playing way too much hockey in far too short of a time span. Uh, of course, they had played four games in five days. This was the last game of the tournament for Norway, and they looked tired, they looked burnt out, and they did, had nothing left in the tank, which allowed Switzerland to put up six goals and really flash the offense. And a lot of that was going through Roddy Dionizio, who played an excellent game. He has been by far Switzerland's best player in this tournament. He's the most skilled, the most creative, the most physical, the most refined, uh, and he's drafted. And a really fun prospect. I know that uh, Mitch Brown over at EP has been banging that drum for quite a while now. But yeah, he, he's been playing some excellent hockey and uh, really, really led Switzerland in this game. Beyond that, I saw a couple storylines in this game that I also found really interesting. Stian Solberg would be one of them. Norway's big number one defenseman who plays a punishing physical style who quite gleefully uh, is a vicious player and uh, painful to play against and uh, has played an excellent tournament, really, really solidifying himself as a legitimate top 64 talent in the 2024 NHL draft class. But 
he was dead tired in this game. Uh, Michael Brunsek Newgard was a little bit more energetic uh, because he's a more refined professional player. He has better stamina. He hasn't been playing between 24 and 27 minutes every night like Solberg has. And with this game, Switzerland moves on to the playoffs and Norway has to play a relegation battle against Germany to, to see which team can survive the drop this year. But Overall, a very impressive uh, performance for Norway in this tournament. Really not expected to do much, but they scored a lot of goals, played some extremely entertaining hockey. And Michael Brensek Nugard is uh, certainly solidifying his place as a potential top 10 or top 15 draft pick this season. So this was a fascinating game, but let's move on to Latvia, Germany, which was a bit more sad for me personally. I'm, I'm, I'm German. I speak German fluently. I love but I, I love German hockey. I love when Germany can play some good hockey because it's uh, not usually the sport that I cheer for Germany in. But uh, in this game, it was quite clear that Latvia was just a couple of steps ahead. Yes, you had some good performances uh, from certain German players, but overall, it was pretty clear that Germany was just kind of bracing for that game against Canada the following day and were trying to retain their energy. I thought Julian Lutz played a really strong game as he's been quite good in this tournament overall, but it was all Latvia. Uh, Sandus Velmanis had two goals, one assist, really fun player, uh, drafted of course as well by the Florida Panthers in the fifth round in 2022. And he was Latvia's creative outlet in this game. A lot was a lot of the play, the, a lot of the offense was going through him. I loved his playing transition. He's a really entertaining prospect for Florida Panthers fans. If you haven't checked him out yet, please do. Very entertaining little player. But yeah, not not too too much to say about this game because while yes, Latvia did dominate on the score on the score sheet. It was a really weak performance for Germany, and uh, I don't think that either of these teams are were exactly accurately represented in this contest. What I do want to dig into a little bit more is the American route over Slovakia, the 10-2 victory. This was the first game on uh, day six of the World Juniors on the 31st, and um it was quite a game. Uh, Slovakia did not, they were playing without Adam Gajan, and uh, that showed. They, they allowed a lot more goals than they have previously in this tournament. The defense was looking really porous. Uh, there was a lack of confidence without their star netminder in goal. And uh, the states capitalized. The states were looking extremely dangerous. They were attacking with pace, constantly attacking with multiple threats, attacking the middle lane. Uh, you saw the skilled players really, really take a step in this game because uh, players like Lane Hudson, who have been subtle so far this tournament, at least offensively, are really starting to kick into the gear for the states, which is exactly what they need for the playoffs. And Lane Hudson uh, registered three assists. Rutger McGrory had an excellent game registering a hat-trick and winning the Player of the Game Award for the States. Philip Meshar had another good game for Slovakia to no avail, scoring one of the two goals against uh, America's 10. Uh, but another very strong performance for Meshar. It's also been fascinating to see which American players have really been stepping up as those offensive weapons. It hasn't entirely gone as expected. We've been seeing third liners or expected third liners like Gavin Brindley and Isaac Howard really, really step it up in this tournament, producing a ton of offense. 
Gavin Burnley seems to be scoring a goal every game, and Isaac Howard has been really ramping it up the last couple the last couple days. But this American team has tremendous depth, and that is where they are going to threaten in the playoffs. It's with the depth of scoring that they have, both on the blue line and uh, among their forwards. On top of that, Trey Augustine had an excellent game here coming back from uh, virus, uh, where Jacob Fowler played some pretty solid hockey in net for, for the two games that Augustine was absent for. The save percentage and the results for Augustine have really just been unquestionably the numbers of a number one goaltender. And as much as Jacob Fowler has been excellent this season for Boston College, that crease belongs to Trey Augustine for the playoffs, at least for the first uh, the first couple games. But yeah, the, the states are starting to roll. And uh, while they haven't necessarily been convincing this entire tournament, uh, they are accelerating. And we're seeing players like Will Smith starting to play a little bit more. But it's been a relatively quiet tournament for some of those big players. Like Cutter Goatsey, for instance, has been putting up a decent amount of assists, but some of them have been secondary, and he hasn't been quite as impactful as some of his counterparts in this tournament have been. And I think a lot of people expected him to be one of the stars of the tournament, and instead he looks like one of the many very, very good players on that American roster, but has not been standing out as a high-end offensive creator. He's been really rifling a lot of shots off quite blindly into into shin pads but uh doesn't really matter and that is a testament to just how deep this american lineup is because if their 1c isn't quite playing up to par and up to expectation i'm sure of his own as well as for fans the entire team is still there backing him up and it's been it's, it's been a fascinating tournament so far for the, the states. We'll see how it continues throughout the playoffs and whether this like all out offense strategy continues to work. But that wraps things up for this first segment. And in the next segment, we're going to look at the last three games of the last day of 2023. So stay tuned for that. If you're like me, you have a really busy schedule and buying tickets, whether they be for concerts or hockey games or football or baseball or any other sport or event that you may be interested in, can be difficult. Scheduling things that far ahead can always be a bit of a headache. And when you have a, a busy schedule that just kind of frees up all of a sudden and you want to add something special into your in, into the mix, game time is an excellent option for you. With GameTime, you get the best deals and last-minute tickets in North America. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seats before you buy, and it's a really specific one that will warn you if there's a massive pillar in the way that will block your view, which is always an unpleasant surprise when you arrive at an arena or a stadium. And uh, with game time, you have excellent deals all the way up until the end of a first period of a hockey game. And one of my favorite parts of the game time app is the zone deals, where you can pick the section while game time picks the seats for up to 18% savings. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code. Locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Alrighty, so the next game on our list is a fascinating one. My favorite one of these six in the selection, and an instant classic in my eyes. Finland versus Sweden. Always a blast, always a rivalry, always heated, but even better this time around. Not only was the tournament, is the tournament obviously in Sweden, which just ramps up that excitement and the tension, but Finland fought back and created a beautiful comeback to win this game in a wonderful underdog story for this tournament because Sweden has been so convincing throughout the tournament. They allowed zero goals in their first three games, had such a convincing 2-0 shutout victory over Team Canada where the defense seemingly was not allowing a single pass to the slot. And Finland started rather slowly. They lost their first couple games, had some rather embarrassing performances in that run. And while there have been some individual storylines on that team, such as Jesse Polkinen, for instance, who we've been talking about a ton on this podcast, and who we'll be talking about a lot more for a pretty consistent basis, if I, if my my estimate is uh, proves to be correct. But it's been slow for Finland. And this game is really a big turning point where you can you could see Finland gaining confidence as the game progressed. And while they remained outshot basically the entire game, though they caught up quite a bit in the third on that front, they were led by their goal scorers. They have a couple players in their lineup that really, really excel as pure shooters and have rather limited toolkits beyond that, such as Kasper Haltonen and uh, and Lini Haminaho. And those two players came to play in this game. Kasper Haltonen recorded what must be the hardest shot of the tournament so far on a wicked one-timer uh, for his goal in this game. And he added two assists. He was really, really impactful. And uh, he's an interesting prospect for San Jose Sharks fans. I think goal scorers are always a bit of a need. And uh, apart from Mike Hoffman, who, you know, isn't exactly a great sniper nowadays, there's a lack of goal scorers in that San Jose lineup. So, you know, Casper Halton is a really, really interesting player that uh, I would personally be uh, watching a lot if I were a Sharks fan because uh, watching San Jose Sharks hockey right now isn't the most enjoyable experience. But Sweden had some excellent performances in this game as well. I thought that Felix Ungersorum had one of his better games in this tournament, had registered two assists, and he was a transition and playmaking machine. Really, really dominant as a, as, as a transporter and overall fulcrum uh, in transition, carrying the puck up the ice and really being a strong, strong passer in that facet of the game. But it's in the offensive zone that his passing ability really ramps up to the next level. Uh, his his ability to get uh, the puck from the board to the middle has been one of the best in this tournament, which I've been seeing consistently and is also backed up by the data tracked by Mitch Brown and Lassie Allenen from uh, EP Ringside. But I thought that he, that that, that Ungersorum had just an excellent game here. And special shout out to Consta Hellenius, who, despite still not having recorded a single point in this tournament just yet, and while playing very big minutes to, uh, throughout, played a solid, solid, solid game against Sweden here. He was playing his regular style, highly intelligent and constantly aware of his surroundings, making very quick decisions, retaining possession, and overall giving his team a chance to win in this game. I thought that he was an important cog in this Finnish machine. And uh, despite a really exciting overtime, which included a Liam Ergen breakaway in the dying seconds, 
this game ended in a shootout and uh, Finland won it. So while Sweden, in my eyes, remains one of the favorites in this tournament, we'll see how this impacts Finland's confidence and whether they can string together a few victories against some difficult competition now that the playoffs are going to be uh, beginning. They're playing Czechia in the first in, in the quarterfinals, and that's a that's a big game. And we breaking that down the next segment. But first, let's talk about the last two games here on the agenda. First, Czechia versus Switzerland. This uh, will cover rather quickly. Was not perhaps the most uh, important game in this tournament, as uh, as the fates of these teams were already relatively determined, considering that Germany was not really expecting to be Canada. Uh, even though that was close. Uh, but I thought that Thomas Galvash played a tremendous game. He's a draft-eligible defenseman, left shot, really excellent skater, quite creative, but uh, can be a bit passive in some viewings of mine. And he's at his best when he's moving his feet and making some daring plays, and that's exactly what he did in this game. He was called up uh, after uh, Yerchek's injury, and he's been a really, really important contributor for Czechia. He had an end-to-end rush to feed the primary assist cross-crease to Yuri Kulik for the game-winning goal in this one. And I think that he deserves a significant shout-out because he's been very impressive and will certainly get some uh, top 50 or even first-round consideration come draft day. And uh, lastly, Canada versus Germany. This was a game. Uh, Team Canada has yet to really blow the doors off in this tournament, apart from that one blowout victory against Latvia. They haven't been overly impressive or, or dominant, and this game was certainly one of those. It was extremely tight throughout. Uh, it was basically a tie game or one goal game up until the midway of the third period. And uh, Germany was consistently tying it back up as soon as Canada ever scored a goal. And we saw Canada star be a star. Macklin Celebrini continues to play a tremendous tournament. The creative fulcrum of that Canadian team, the one player that Canada can rely on to create something out of nothing on a pretty regular basis in this tournament. He's just been tremendous. Another storyline here, Carson Raycup was playing top six minutes after being basically like forced as a 13th forward for the entirety of this tournament so far uh, in very, very limited minutes, which is rather curious for a player with 31 goals and 31 OHL games this year. But he played excellently. His assist on the Owen Beck goal was beautiful. He drew the defender out, drew the goalie out of his net, and just fed it right onto the stick of Owen Beck, who had a pretty wide open cage to slot it into. And he had another assist later on, too. So Raycop had an excellent game for Canada. Uh, apart from that, do I have to mention the geeky hit? It's been talked to death already. Uh, I, I think me and Hattie fall uh, quite, quite similarly on, on this hit uh, being protect brains, protect players, protect people, and especially among U20 and like very, very young hockey players, it's important to protect them. And yes, Geeky is a very big player. He's six foot five, but his shoulder rammed straight into the head of the German player. And I think that a, a, a large penalty was deserved. Whether it deserved an entire game misconduct or not is another matter, but I'm always of the belief that protecting players is far more important than anything else, and such as respecting the physicality of a game. And you can be physical without throwing shoulders into faces, 
but yeah, I think uh, that that wraps it up for this segment. And in the last segment of the episode, I'm going to break down uh, the games that we have ahead of us, the four quarterfinals, and they're going to be fascinating. So let's get into that right after this message from our sponsors over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action. With a... <clears throat> the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet, win or lose. That's 150 bucks that you can spend on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far, far more. Whether you want to bet on your favorite team to go deep into the playoffs, maybe even win the Super Bowl, or on your favorite quarterback to throw three, 300 or more yards in the next game, the choice is yours with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so that wraps uh, up our recaps of uh, days five and six of the World Juniors. But let's look forward to the playoffs, and there are some fascinating matchups. Two that are quite clearly going to be a bit more uh, tight than the other two. Let's start off with uh, the less close ones, so we can spend a bit more time in the um, perhaps more interesting matchups. First, we've got the USA versus Latvia. If Latvia wins this game, it'll be one for the ages, and I would be a very, very happy person. I I, I have a lot of love for a lot of players on that American team, uh, but underdog stories are always beautiful, and it would be a true underdog story. This Latvia team, despite having just come off a 6-2 victory against Germany the other day, is not likely to win against the States, uh, but we have seen the States kind of play some sketchy hockey at times uh, in this tournament, but they've been pretty convincing against uh, against the weaker teams, and there is so much firepower on that team that I can't really see any result here apart from an American victory by a deficit of three or more goals, but we'll see how that goes. I, I would love to be wrong. I want that to be as close a game as possible, of course, uh, but the same can be kind of said for Sweden versus Switzerland. I don't think Sweden's going to score as many goals as the States, but they're probably going to concede fewer as well. Sweden's defense has been spectacular throughout this tournament. And while we did see um, <clears throat> a slightly weaker defensive performance against Finland, and Thelene did allow a couple goals that probably shouldn't have squeaked through in that game, they allowed zero goals prior to that in three contests, including one game against Canada. And that is a lot. That is very impressive. And Switzerland kind of lacks a bit of firepower. They have a few really interesting players. I thought Gregory Weber has been excellent throughout this tournament, really adding some offensive flair and offensive dynamism into that Swiss lineup. But it's all been flowing through Rodwin Dimitso, and he's just been lights out in this tournament, by far their strongest player, as I mentioned a few segments ago. But uh, he he's their only hope in this game, in my eyes. I think if, if, if Dionizio can kind of grab the game by the horns and, and, and shake it, maybe Switzerland stands a, sh a chance here. But Sweden are the massive favorites, of course. They're going to have a relatively significant home ice advantage. Uh, the arena is going to be drowning in a sea of yellow and blue. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how Sweden performs in this game. 
maybe it'll be a massive upset. That would, of course, be a rather dramatic storyline. But let's move on to the closer matchups. And let's start with Slovakia and Finland. This one, it seems to be a toss-up from, from my perspective. I think it's going to be really, really tight. Of course, Slovakia is now coming off of their worst game of uh, the tournament and Finland off of their best, which is, of course, an important difference here. But Slovakia was without their best player throughout this tournament, Adam Gajan, in that game, who will be playing uh, against Finland, who, you know, is one of like the modern-day legends of the World Junior Championship tournament, just being completely lights out in the specific tournament. And while I still have a few more questions in terms of his overall NHL projection and how he's being developed, he is perfect in this tournament, and I, I would be a fool to doubt him. On the flip side, Finland is really ramping it up, and while they had a, such a slow start to start the tournament, they just played a tremendous game against Sweden, which was an underdog win, and perhaps in terms of like expected goals was not what was expected, what should have happened in the game, but they won. It was an underdog story and a beautiful victory, but beyond that, they were in the game. It wasn't like they were they were scoring goals that never should have squeaked through. They were playing some pretty solid hockey, and I would look to the big goal scorers for Finland to to play a big game here. Kasper Halton and Lenny Haminaho. You got some really really good players that know how to shoot the puck. Uh, Emil Hemming as well. I think Konsta Hellenius could really, really get in on the action. If he starts scoring for Finland, I think a lot of more starts clicking in that lineup. But I would say that Finland's great game breaker is an undrafted overager. Jesse Polkinen has been perhaps the best defenseman in this tournament. If not, it's been he's been close to it. Very, very impressive performance for Polkinen on both sides of the puck. Six foot seven, smooth skating uh, defenseman with silky hands who has been creating advantages in the offensive zone, uh, really like like activating and being aggressive. But it's been his defensive value that I've been most impressed with. He has been a tremendous transition defender, using his reach to be an absolute nightmare for every single forward trying to attack down his side of the ice. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Last but not least, we have Team Canada. Team Canada versus Czechia. We have a rematch of last year's gold medal game, and this is going to be a fun one. Czechia has been getting a lot better as this tournament has progressed, a bit like Finland. They started off with a pretty horrid performance against their arch-rival Slovakia, but uh, they have been really gaining steam, and Yuri Kulik is starting to play some excellent hockey, looking like a pro among junior players, which he is. And uh, he will be very important for Czechia in this game. Michael Hrabel has had some good games, some less good games, and Czechia will depend on getting the good Hrabel against Canada to stand a chance. But with Canada, this has not been a dominant tournament by any stretch of the imagination. It would not really be a shock for Canada to lose this game in my eyes. They're still the odds-on favorites. They're likely to win, probably. Like, Macklin Celebrini is the best player among these two teams. He has probably been the best player in this entire tournament, in my view, which is relatively impressive considering he's 17 years old, only turns 18 in over half a year from now, and uh, he's playing against 20-year-olds, well, 19-year-olds, but players a lot older than him, and he has just been excellent, and Canada's finally uh, trusting him with those massive offensive minutes. 
Now, they need more firepower beyond him. Celebrini can't win hockey games all on his own. But Canada has some relief on, on that front. They brought back Jagger Furcus. They recalled him uh, to fill in for Matthew Savoy. And I think that he'd be an important factor for Canada to kind of add in a wild card of offense that really changes the dynamic of that first power play unit uh, if they play him there. And on the other side, Carson Rakoff played a tremendous game against Germany, really thrived in those top six minutes and deserves to to retain that level of playing time in my eyes. So I think if Canada wants to maximize their chances, they have to double down on skill and pace and dynamism. And those three players have a lot of it. And other pieces on this team can really fill out those depth roles. And especially against Czechia, you're going to need a team Canada that can grind out a victory, but the skill is still at the forefront and what Canada needs the most in this game. So it'll be a fascinating day for the quarterfinals. I'm very excited to see how it all goes down. And, but yeah, I think that wraps things up for this uh, solo episode of mine. I hope my monologue was entertaining enough uh, to retain some, some attention, but yeah, we'll catch you again for the recap of all these games that we just uh, gave you the primer for. And uh, after that, we're going to check in and see how the semifinals go. Uh, but on that note, thank you so much for watching. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And Happy New Year to you all.